Hi, Mark Rogers here. It's been a pleasure to be stepping through Jeremiah a little bit here, and I wanted to share chapter 6 now today. If you recall with us, Jeremiah was pleading with his people, pleading with his people, as God was going to be bringing down judgment upon them there very, very shortly in short order. And so, you know, this is, we're at the same time. What's, a, what's an aha moment as we're studying this here locally? The aha moment is, is the fact is we're down to the end of our time too here. And God is pleading with people now, just like he's pleading with people at the end of the dispensation where Israel was going to be turned over to Gentile rulers and 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 yet God is pleading with his people, happens to be Judah and Benjamin at that time. And um, as we jump into Jeremiah chapter six, we're gonna find out that actually Jeremiah is actually calling out the Benjamin folks uh, that they could rescue themselves from the impending judgment. And just a little background, right? Israel had degraded themselves to give them complete covetousness, complete idolatry, no regards for Jehovah, their God at that time. And so uh, Babylon is coming down out of the north eventually here in a few more years. And it's Im- imperative to see the, the impending judgment Israel, their sister nation, right? The 10 tribes had already been carried off. And so, um, you know, it's, it's quite something to see all the handwriting going on. And yet at the same time, we're going to read, we're going to read of the attitude of these ones. And it's no different than the attitude today. So let's jump right over into Jeremiah chapter six and let's just pickpocket through a little, <laughs> love that word pickpocket. Let's just jump through a few of the verses here to give a description of what Jeremiah is pleading with. And so at the top of the top of the, you know, chapter six, he's pleading with Benjamin. Oh, you children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee from the midst of Jerusalem. Blow the trumpet in Tekoa and set up a signal fire in Beth Hexarem. You know, and that's, he's from the tribe of uh, Benjamin down there. We're going to read later on in Jeremiah, he actually goes and purchases property in Benjamin. And there might've been priests that were, that were still pertaining to God. And yet he's, he's setting up those signal fires, set up the warnings. Uh, They would put warning, I guess they put fires at the top of mountains to give warnings to what's going on. There's a, there is a disaster coming down the pike, a great destruction, as he says. And so, you know, prepare to war against her. Verse four, rise, let us go up at noon. Woe to us for the day goes away for the shadows of the evening are lengthening. Arise, let us go by night. Let us destroy her palaces. For thus says the Lord of hosts, cut down trees and build a mound against Jerusalem. This is what's going to happen. You know, in those days, there was Jerusalem sitting there or whatever city may be. And the encampments of the, of the enemy army would come and just plop themselves outside the city and build fortifications and be there for months months and and basically starving them out basically and so it's just that's that's what you see over and over again and just building this big mounds outside of jerusalem and just throttle jerusalem and those that are inside so you know verse seven as a fountain wells up with water so she wells up with her wickedness violence and plenty are heard of her in her before me continually are grief and wounds. You know, God is looking at his earthly people and is just 
at the end of himself, if you could so to speak, to see those that he loves carrying on in such a way. Well, we get down to just highlight a few things here. Verse 9, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, thou sh- they shall thoroughly glean as a vine in the remnant of Israel, as a grape gatherer, put your hand back into the branches. Interesting enough, we have grapes here um, uh, next door. Uh, if you've been by, why you'd, you would have seen a little bit of that uh, grapes that we have, and we enjoy grape juice. But you know the, you know how it was back in those days, is God said, you know what, leave a little bit for the poor on the edges of the field and let the poor come through and glean. And that's what we get to do with our grapes next door is the, is the machine comes through. And, and for whatever reason, the machine can't get the grapes at the end. So we have lots of grapes after the harvester comes through. Well, here God is saying, you know what, it, it, we're gonna, they're going to come through and thoroughly clean thoroughly clean Israel here and and there is and there's not going to be any left when they when it, when they're done so that's you know to whom shall i speak and give warning that they may hear indeed their ear is uncircumcised that's a solemn thing it is so solemn when the warning goes out and people stop their ears they hear and they say yeah for another day whatever it is behold the word of the lord is a reproach to them they have no delight in it. Can you think of another day, even today, the word of the Lord, there's no one that has a delight in it. The, the word of God, the word of God given to us, there's despised as the word of God, right? So it's the same way in that day. We're going to see what happens um, as we move th- forward down here. I'm going to jump down to verse 13 here. Now, verse 13 is very interesting because when God gives us a little picture of how things work, it says, because from the least of them even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. You know, and I said this in another podcast, you know, it's very interesting as I look out over Christendom um, and the, the, the very, very world that professes Christ. That's what Christendom is, professing Christ in some manner. And the covetousness is, is, is great. And it's from the prophet, the priest, all the way down, everyone from the least of them to the greatest of them professing Christ, there is covetousness, and it's a sad thing. And God says, that is not what I want. It takes away from the enjoyment of God when I'm covetous. So let's keep moving here. It's very solemn to see this. They have, they have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace, you know. The soul today, even in the United States of America, in Canada, and all these Western nations, why we want peace. We want peace. Don't rock my boat. We want peace. Well, you know something interesting? There will be a time where there will be no peace. Now, I don't know if we're going to go through more tribulations before the Lord comes back. I don't know that. You know, we do know the Lord says, ye shall have tribulations, plural, not the girl with a capital T. And so there might be more coming down the pike on us. And, you know, if we do have it, it's all meant for us to turn to God, to turn to God. That's what these are meant for. But yet people will say, oh, peace, peace. Well, you know what? It's false. It's a false narrative going on. So we come on down here to verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. You know, I made a I made an interesting comment in our local Bible study here, and that is young people today, 
are have not been exposed to the old ways particularly very few that is you know when i was growing up in the 70s and in the 80s you know righteousness was still you know paramount there was a right and the wrong etc moralities were were still there but now we've been wholly given up in the last 30 years, wholly given up. And so there's this new path that has been obtained. And yet the young people think they may not know, understand what the old paths are. And yet what God says is very clear, and this would reign to us, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. So where do you find that old path? Where do you find out where God would say where the good way is? Well, start with the word of God. You know, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, you got, a, you got scriptures here from cover to cover. And it's amazing how the spirit of God takes the word of God and works in your heart. He's done it in mine. The spirit of God can take the word of God and work in your heart. And you'll find the old paths. You'll find the paths that God is destined or what you should be doing and for blessing, right? For absolute blessing. So anyway, that, I thought that was an interesting uh, little, little snippet there that you'll find rest for your souls. Well, it's as you come on down here, you know, I thought this was interesting. Verse 20, for what purpose to me comes frankincense from Sheba and sweet came from far country. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifice is sweet to me. You know, what's interesting about that in the business world and in the religious world, you know, it's a big thing to say, oh, you know, we're, we're donating this and we're donating that. And that's my sacrifices, right? I'm sacrificing. You know what? God doesn't need it. He's saying, I don't need it. You know, what the sweet came from a car. Sheba was cranking out beautiful fragrances, right? In that day, it was a beautiful thing. And yet God says, I don't need it. I don't need it. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifice is sweet to me because the heart was not right. You can give all the money you want, but if your heart's not right, there's the problem. And so, anyway, I thought that was an interesting little play there that God is, you know, mentioning there. Well, verse, you can see there, in, uh, what is this, verse 22? Behold, a people come from the north country, a great nation will be raised up from the farthest parts of the earth. You know, if, if you read, of course, we're going to read on further on into Jeremiah, and we can read in Daniel. We can read that eventually here, the time that God has given Israel to to be the domain, to to if you could say rule the world, if you will, um, is coming to a close. And the Gentile dominion is now going to start up with the Babylonian empire coming down from the north. And it's a massive, massive nation coming down. And and it said, and they said, verse 23, they will lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel and have no mercy. That is coming. And God is just going to let the, that company come down and take care of business and carry his earthly people destroy them right destroy them and carry some of them off and you know god just was done he was just done with israel with with giving up over over to idolatry covetousness so they are uh that's verse 23 and as we come in here it says oh daughter of my people verse 26 oh daughter of my people dress in sackcloth and roll about in ashes make mourning as for her only son most 
bitter lamentation for the plunder will suddenly come upon us. Well, I don't know about you, but every, you know, life goes on. We've had the COVID going on, right? Life goes on. We're doing our parties. We're doing our this. We're going to our games, going to our concerts. We're doing this and doing that. Life goes on. What about a time of mourning? What about a time of lamentation? What about a time of reflection? You know, what we saw with this COVID that came down around the world in a couple, three years, and then shortly, way before that, the United States faced 9-11, you know, on our own soil. We saw some tremendous tragedy in a, in a, in a sense, if you will. These things keep coming upon us over and over and over again to get us to cling to him, to repent of our sins, to turn to him, and to see that, you know what? Maybe these new paths are, are all what they're cut up to be. Maybe there's an old path I'm totally missing here with God is what he's doing. So it says, you know, and I, I thought this was interesting, way down here in verse um 28, they are all stubborn rebels, walking as slanders. They are bronze and iron. They are all corruptors. The bellows blow fiercely. Let's take up the last two verses here. The lead is consumed by the fire. The smelter refines in vain, for the wicked are not drawn off. People will call them rejected silver because the Lord has rejected them. Well, you know what this is talking about is, you know, you have the the, the refineries there with the metals, right? And the, the, the fires get hotter and hotter and hotter, and it's trying to separate the dross from the pure metal, right? That's what's going on. And it says the bellows blow fiercely. You can keep blowing on it and blowing, get that fire as hot as you can, and you're looking to build that separation, right? And in, really, it's that sanctification, that setting apart, if you will, right? And it says the smelter, I'm going to highlight that. The smelter, the smelter, what does it say? Refines in vain. He's like, huh, it's all not. The smelter's doing everything that he can do to refine this, and the wicked are not drawn off. And then basically, people are called rejected silver. The Lord has rejected them. Well, that's what has happened is Israel, Israel has been rejected for a period of time. And, you know, it's, they've been turned off. Well, there'll be a time where he's going to bring them back to the land and they're going to first worship him as king of kings and Lord of lords. That's going to be first and foremost. But, you know, at this day that we're reading about in Jeremiah, they were not listening. And this is why going through Jeremiah is very interesting because it applies to today. It's very special for today. Take heart to it because we're in a day here that's changing quickly and there's sounds of warnings going on. And I hope and pray, A, that you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, and B, that you have cast yourself upon him, studied his word, asked the Holy, asked that the Holy Spirit would teach you, guide you, direct you. And that's a beautiful thing in this day and age because that's how it all works. When the, when the, when the tribulations come down the pike and the trials come down the pike, that's what's happening. So with that, I hope that's been helpful for Jeremiah 6. We'll keep crawling through Jeremiah here. It's a beautiful thing. He is a weeping prophet, and there's a reason for it. He's alone as he's given the message, but God has his ways with his people, and he also loves me, and he loves you as well. All right, so we'll see you next time. May the Lord richly bless you, and as we turn to him today. <laughs>